how are you i'm good how are you i am good i am good everything is going great i've got no complaints i, I bought a new bike that's exciting oh that's wonderful uh -huh. yeah well it's not new i bought it off of it's new to you yeah it's new <laughs> to me um and i'm excited to get started so i'm gonna go um, buy a tire pump and take it for a maiden voyage around the park uh, listen bike riding around here is serious people they take it very seriously, and I need to learn how to ride that bike before I actually take it out onto <laughs> onto the roads. I am not yes. trying to die. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, that's cool though, because that means probably people in cars also take it seriously as well, which is one of my fears about riding a bike in areas where there aren't a lot of people who ride bikes, and then the cars don't respect you, et cetera. Et cetera. The cars here they they are very respectful of. That's cool. Bike riders, pedestrians, um, this is a very bike-friendly city. Um, I awesome. mean, the bike lanes are clearly marked and, um, you know, yeah, very respected. So I, am, I feel safe about that. Yeah. That's yeah. very cool. Well, today we have we have a conversation coming up. But before we get into that, um, what upcoming events and classes do we have? So Saturday, July 24th at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard, which is noon Eastern, um, mm -hmm. I have my workshop for intuitives. Um, I'm only going to be teaching two classes live. This is one of them. Um, and you can either attend, attend it live or you can um, request the recording. Same price. It's $22. Um, and what I've done is I designed this workshop to deepen your understanding of your natural intuitive abilities and then strengthen your ability to um, communicate with your spirit guides. So there's lots of cool things we'll do, learn techniques, um, you know, how to ask for signs and get messages, how to initiate and develop a relationship with your spirit guides and all that good stuff. So, um, to register, you can go to the wokeakashic.com. It's under the classes and workshops, um, tab and, um, click register, um, pay all through PayPal. And then your, you'll be sent, um, a registration link, um, as well as afterwards, you'll be sent, um, the recording of the class. Very cool. What about you? Do you have anything coming up? Um, uh, my shadow work classes are available now just for digital download. Nice. They are all on my website, which will be linked in the show notes. Look at that, guys. You can learn from us. You can listen to us. Um, <laughs> and uh, we have a fun opportunity coming up that we'll talk about later where you can actually hang out with us. Yes, that's mm -hmm. in the works. Teaser, teaser. We're going to cover an incredibly cool topic in today's episode. Fiora and I talked to Erica Buenaflor, author of Animal Medicine, a curanderismo guide to shape-shifting, journeying, and connecting with animal allies. 
Now listen, her book gets into it. She explores animal spirit guides and mythologies, spirit journeying techniques, and shape-shifting practices. Okay, but not those of like ancient folklore. I realized I have already been practicing shape-shifting in some form, and I didn't even know it. She also talks about the gifts and powers each spirit animal embodies, as well as the realms they provide access to. The underworld, the middle world, and the upper world. just it's just a very cool conversation I loved this book it taught me the benefits of spirit journeying and shape-shifting and how to strengthen our connection with our spirit animal guides and by now you know um, we nerd out on a good spiritual connection convo over here at esoterics Fiora and I really hope you love this episode as much as we do so let's get into it Erica Buenaflor is a curandera, a shaman with more than 20 years of experience. She studied with curanderics in Mexico, Peru, and Los Angeles. Uh, I met Erica when I first embarked on my journey to heal my ancestral trauma. Um, I found her through her first book, The Cleansing Rites of Curanderismo, and upon realizing that she was in the LA area, I booked an in-person session with her. Um, I feel truly honored to have Erica as a soul teacher. Um, she's a, a healer of great integrity and a human who emits joy in the most beautiful way. Welcome, oh. Erica. <laughs> Thank you, Fiora. Thank you, Joe. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's so exciting to talk to you. Yes. Okay. So Erica, um, she has just written her fourth book, Animal Medicine, A Curanderismo Guide to Shapeshifting, Journeying, and Connecting with the Animal Allies. Now, Erica, my first question for you is, what motivated you to write the book? You know, um, I felt, well, there were, there were a lot of things, but I would say like what big impetus was, um, I didn't feel that there was like a combination of our culture and, you know, Mesoamerica, like in terms of the, the, the mythologies, how they were used by the indigenous peoples of, of, of the Americas um, and what they meant to them. Because um, it was just so diverse and so beautiful. I just and I didn't feel that that was expressed anywhere in, mm. in, in, in any of the books. I mean, they were there, yes. but like they were like buried in like a lot of academic and a lot of those things there. Uh, they're, they're nice, but they're, they're a little heavy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not yep. necessarily light reading, you know, and it's not it's not really done in a spiritual context. Uh, that's what you know, I love. How what how do they, what do these things mean to us now? How can they benefit us now? How can we tap into their gifts, their um, their visions, and I, I, that just I felt like that needed to be done. That needed to be done. And then another thing is too is that you know so so it's understanding the meaning and the symbolism of animals and the mythologies around that and how what that meant for them and how we can use them that that energy and um, those understandings and also the soul animating energies mm. and you know because there's certain soul animating energies that we can use to tap in into the energies of the animals for you know what for lack of better words shape-shifting yeah. okay yeah, yeah. I definitely yeah. agree. I don't think I'd heard of any it written. And like you said, sometimes you can't find it like in academic ways, but it's so like it's written in such words where I'm like, it goes over my head and I'm like, I don't know what this is. <laughs> <laughs> right. What I loved about your book, Erica, is that you do combine the science with the spiritual and make it very interesting. So the science actually supports the spiritual versus making it boring. Or I shouldn't say boring, yeah. but heavy, <laughs> heavy. <laughs> yeah, heavy. Yeah. yeah, heavy. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. 
And I think that's a theme, though, that you'll find um, with all all of your books. They're written from an, an academic perspective, but also I love the, the combination of the spirituality and academia, but also in such a way where it's digestible yep. um, and not dumbed down in, nope. by any means, but just I, I can I can read it and I can really get into it and it's enjoyable and I'm I'm learning and I'm enjoying it as I'm learning where sometimes I read some books and we've talked about this like my brain just shuts down yeah 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 <laughs> that's what makes a good book it really yeah. does or a, a yeah. good topic a good a good learning yeah. uh, situation you. yeah <laughs> Erica, can we talk about the sacred energies um, tapping into um, the different worlds um, specifically for healing? Is this a good place to start talking about the topics in the book? Sure, sure. I mean, any any places I'm, I'm open. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that, that I talk about, because there's different ways that, that I talk about in terms of connecting with what we call um, in shamanic traditions, um, and and they're applied also in in Mesoamerica too, because uh, a lot of scholars, a lot of a lot of really accessible scholars and really cool scholars, um, Lopez Austin being one of them, talks about the non ordinary realms. Yeah. You know the underworld, middle world, and the upper world. Yes. And these non ordinary realms. So for example, a lot of things that um, a lot of people are familiar more with in terms of it in soul retrieval purposes. Yeah. When uh, a part of us we have a trauma our soul piece goes to these non-ordinary realms for medicine. So for example, um, in the upper world, if there's been like maybe our, our parents uh, did something that, that we felt like they were a fallen hero mm. or far, fallen heroine, like they, we had like, we were disappointed in them. Mm -hmm. Like something, they did something that was just like, that was traumatic. And we don't necessarily want to deal with it. We don't want to see it. Mm -hmm. So what happens a lot of times that we can find, and this is generally, yeah, it's it, it varies, of course. Sure. We can find that soul piece in the upper world. Okay. So in the upper world, the medicines that are there are medicines of our ancestors, of guidance, of playfulness. That's usually mm -hmm. what it's there. It's like that that soul piece is like, I just want to play. Yeah. I don't want to um. deal with your nonsense. I just want to play. <laughs> I want to be here. I'm gonna just hang out here, hanging out with the unicorns, hanging out with the flower world. Like, that's yeah. It's it's. So going to these, and then also it's also um, a lot of our ancestral guidance is there too. Yeah. So there's certain medicines that we um, can tap into and how it relates to animals is because, you know, a lot of the, um, in Mesoamerica, what they did is they encoded understandings with um, animals in terms of what realm they were in. So for example, birds that, because they could fly, they were, they were very much connected to the upper world. Okay. You know, monkeys, uh, because they were able to like go up trees and like hang off of trees, they were also connected with the upper world. And then there were some animals, for example, like ducks that were associated with the upper world, middle world and the underworld. And I'll get to that in a second. So it was an understanding of like if you wanted to connect to the medicines of these different planes, whether it's for soul retrieval or for messages, for guidance, um, a reboost, a rejuvenation for divination work. What a lot of shamans still do to this day, a lot of Kurandiks, what they do is they connect with these realms through animals. Okay. And and one of the things that they can do is they either have a guide, an animal guide that they connect with, that they've mm -hmm. been work with, or they shapeshift as these animals. Okay. Very cool. Um, so that's the upper world. And then the middle world, for example, 
Uh, so the middle world, like for example, if someone has had like, like something like a lot of past life memories. Okay. You know, something that happened, like they just feel like something, something, something that was not that needs to be resolved from a past life. So, yeah. or maybe it was like when they were younger. You know, when they were younger, something they moved, they made an abrupt move, or something happened that was that they need to go. So, what often is done is they go to the middle world because that's a space where you can go into different times. You work in different time spaces to stop and see, okay, what happened in that past life? What happened at that different point, time, and space to figure out what happened, and also to when there's issues concerning. Um, so there's there's the middle world there, and there's also issues concerning lack. Of abundance uh, and always having lack because sometimes we have our parents or our families that were always in lack lack mentality mm -hmm. so it's like going to that and like saying okay where did that come from and the middle world what's really interesting is that the middle world is that a lot of animals that are connected with cyclical changes um, that are created with abundance like for example like rabbits um, uh, that, that that can have a lot of babies mm -hmm. you know a lot of a lot of like animals that can have a lot of babies that are um, very much related to cycles, like um, bears, you know, like that that go and they they sleep during the winter, they hibernate. So it's it's related to connecting to the middle world to find out when you're having issues with abundance or you want to see in a past life, you would go and you would connect with an animal from that middle world realm to get the medicine there. And in the underworld, the underworld is very much connected to. Um, you know, it's, it's not like a hell or anything, but it's very much connected to our shadow aspects. Yeah. Okay. It's all the um, medicines of ne needing to see the things that we need to see, the bad habits that we need to let go of. It's the, the place where we get tested and we get tried. And there's all these different mythologies, you know, from the Maya to the central Mexico, like, for example, in the Popodbu, where that they have the hero twins. They have to go through all these levels of the underworld to actually pass those tests so they can come back out and come back rebirth and resurrected so animals that can burrow you know uh -huh. like even like the rabbit that's also that was also connected with the underworld or like insects or um spiders that are in between spaces they're uh -huh. very much connected to the underworld as well um and then animals that can go into the water because the water like going in it was believed that that was also an entrance into the underworld so when you need to work on um our, our shadow aspects. We need to work on on things that we are, are having difficulties, bad habits we are having a hard time letting go of. Mm. Or maybe, for example, a soul piece that had a trauma, you know, like uh, whether it be like a sexual trauma or, you know, a physical trauma that usually a lot of times our soul pieces are hanging out in the underworld because they're getting, they're, get, they're seeking protection. Yeah. Uh, you know, okay. they're seeking protection in the cave. They're seeking protection in those spaces. So you, you connect with an animal and an animal takes you to these places and takes you to your soul pieces. Very cool. Wow. Yeah, that, that makes so much sense. So is that how you came up with? So uh, for anybody who doesn't know, so the book breaks down into um, the first part of the book and then the last part of the book has the directory of the spirit animals. So is that how you came up with the 76 spirit animals that you have in there? So the 76 animals I came up with, there was one that I left out, the mosquito. I oh. just wanted to just mention that. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> I, I had a pact. I said, if you guys don't buy me when I'm here in the Yucatan, I'll, I'll include you in my book. They bit me. They, one of them bit me. <laughs> see, that's what they get, right? That's why they're no they good. They get the yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, the revenge against the mosquitoes. Like, no, you're not going in my book. 
So <laughs> that's funny. So it was, um, it's basically I focus on those because those those are the ones that were most prominent. Mm. You know, um, in in the codices, in their writings, in their artwork, um, and and some of them they had a lot of conflations and meanings. They were like zoomorphic, right? Okay. Um, but they were the most prominent. That's how I looked at it. It's like they were the ones that kept coming up ah, in, okay. in the recipes because a lot of times, too, they also actually used in their medicines. They used um, – it was connected to like if someone was like had a stiff, like like stiffness, there were centipedes in it. Mm. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. So And, and there was, there's actually medicinal properties in these things, too. Ah. Huh. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. <laughs> that is so cool. Can you can you talk about when you knew that you had to be a curandera full time? Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> there were there were a lot of different points. Um, I mean I had I had my first one of my first mentors, uh, Don Tomas, when I was still in um, law school. When I told him I was I was gonna go to law school and I was gonna become an attorney and I was gonna be doing social justice and la 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 he looked at me and he began laughing. <laughs> He's like, you're not going to like it. And I'm like, uh, okay. He's like, you know, you're a curandera. Like your great-great-grandmother, you're a curandera. And I was like, uh, okay, that's really nice, but I'm going to be an attorney. <laughs> and then, um, I, was, I was incredibly stubborn. And I mean, I was five years old and I was doing my first limpia. <laughs> I mean, I like, I, it was like in me, it was yeah. in me. I knew these things, but I was just like, it, it, it's, it's, it's those things of, you know, I heard about it in my family. We talked about it, but it was something that no, you know, you're supposed to go to school. You have a different path. Um, and it was, um, until when I had my accident in 2005, um, I slipped, um, and I, I woke up being airlifted and three days later I, t I was told I had a skull fracture, a brain hemorrhage, left AC dislocated, two vertebrae in my back fractured, I completely shattered my coccyx, left leg I fractured in three places, right leg, knee down, all of my bone shattered came out of my heel. Wow. And then six weeks later I was told I had severe osteomyelitis, which is an infection in the bones. When they put my bones back into my right heel, they didn't do a culture. Oof. So they put it back with the bacteria. So that bacteria six weeks later began eating away at my bones Ugh. and they did three debris try to get it out and they told me all these horror stories you know that i was never going to be able to i was going to be in pain the rest of my life that was for certain because my coccyx is shattered and there's nothing they could do about it and um if i was going to walk and they didn't know if i was going to be able to walk again because i was in a wheelchair for almost a year if I was going to walk again, it was going to be with some kind of assistance because I lost half the bones in my ankle, my right ankle. So, yeah, sorry, you know. Um, and the third day of my – when I told they told me all these things, that's when I just, like, was like, okay, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I embrace my don. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> Because I knew if I didn't, I was going to be handicapped the rest of my life. Wow. Very cool. I just, I mean, that's when I finally, like, that's when I finally flipped the script. I just didn't know how I was going to make that manifest into where, what I was doing, how I was going to bring that into being. Yeah. But that's when I decided it's like, okay, yes. That was the this moment. This is me. This is who I am. I'm no longer doubting it. I, yes. Let's, like... And I, I was seeing clients before that, too. I was, like, I was always doing those things. As an attorney, I was always, like, researching. I was taking classes. I was still mentoring. Um, I just, 
it, I just didn't know how it was going to manifest, what it was going to look like. Yeah. So did you heal you yourself know, but, physically? Did I heal myself? I mean, yeah. I, I feel like it was all the, the teachings yeah. that, I, that I did, you know, I put into practice and definitely I got guidance from my ancestors and my yeah. guides and, um, Absolutely. You know, I wasn't, like I mentioned, I was in a wheelchair for almost a year, but after not walking for almost a year, I walked with a completely normal gait in less than two weeks. Oh, that's amazing. But I put into practice everything that I had learned. Yeah. Because one of my, my, one of my first two, it was Tomas and Barbara. Barbara was a sobadera. So, so, like she taught me, um, it's, it's an equivalent. It's like uh, what we know as acupressure points, but it's also, she, she taught me about how to clear that, like the energy there. Like where it was stuck, how to move it, how to do it. And we had similar practice too in, in Mesoamerica with, with mudras, hand postures. Uh-huh. You know, uh, we also, breath work was also very important to us too. You know, the essence of breath and ceremony. So that was one of the things that she taught me how to move energy, how to heal energy. So I was learning all those things before my accident. Yeah, yeah. You know, my accent was like, okay, I'm going to put these into practice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, a, you know, yeah, it was, it was that or, or be in pain the rest of my life. Wow. Yeah. You just relinquished your old self and just, this is, this is me. Yeah. I, I was still stubborn still. There were still, <laughs> there were still, there were still aspects where I was stubborn, you know, but I've, I've become, I've become less stubborn and more humble. I'd like to think. I'd like to say. (laughs) (laughs) So I loved the part of the book on um, etheric shape shifting. That was probably my favorite chapter. Um, So and I realized excitedly that I've kind of been doing this to a certain degree. Right. So can you tell us about the, um, you know, the ancient Mesoamerican practices of shape shifting? Can you talk about that? So, um, so some of the, you know, a lot of, a lot of, especially the Maya vases, if you ever go to, um, it's K-E-R-R and then the next word vase, V-A-C-E, um, V-A-S-E, I'm sorry, S like vase, um, dot com. And that would be one word. But if you just Google curvase, um, you can see a lot of the imagery, uh, of the Maya in ceremony and the shape shifting that was going on. And like, they're basically like zoomorphic there's all kinds of things going on all kinds of things going on with you know um you know also like like seeing ancestors and seeing themselves as animals and mirrors and reflections of that so there were a lot of different things and um so we know and and also when the the uh missionaries they came here mm-hmm. that's how we know a lot of the information in writing right when they came here they they had like the maya they had at least um, just the Yucatec Maya alone, they had a, a, approximately 12 different kinds of shapeshifters for different kinds wow. of reasons. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, and, and it's still common, to, like there's, there's still like stories of it too, like, and I'll, I'll go into that too. My mentors talked about it too. And um, in central, in central Mexico with the, the Mexica, um, they, and, and a lot of different peoples in, uh, in, in central Mexico, they had a lot of different understandings for shapeshifters and depending on the days that you were born in terms of what you could shapeshift into and what you could do that and what that meant too because you can also have different guides um, that, that like if you were born on a certain day for example 
you had a coessence, an animal coessence that you shared a soul energy with an animal. Oh, wow. So mm -hmm. that was an cool. animal that you could join in the sense where, because that's also another kind of shape shifting where you can actually go into the animal of that. You can go into the body of that animal hmm. and become wow. one with that animal. I wouldn't recommend it if you don't, that's not your co-essence because you may piss off an animal and it may shove you out. <laughs> My grandfather used to tell a story about how he caught a girl uh, who had shapeshifted into an owl so that she could go to the, to the fiesta in the, you know, in the, like the little town. And she, he saw her flying over and then he waited until the, crowd receded as they were all walking home and then he did this whole thing i don't know it was like took his shirt off put it on backwards got a knife out put it in the in the ground and then said um the lord's prayer backwards or something and then she fell to the ground and uh and he warned her like be careful like I'm not going to hurt you, but somebody else could hurt you. You need to be, because she was a young girl, a young, like a teenage girl. And he, she's like, I'm sorry, I won't do it again. Let me go. And I promise I'll pay you back. She's like, I don't want anything. I just want you to be safe. Like people will hurt you. Um, and he let her go. Uh, and I just thought that was a crazy story. I heard like my whole life. <laughs> not yeah. so crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, um, I would say like all of my mentors, with the exception of one, initially when I would ask them, because I, I was having dreams. I mean, this, this is something that um, I knew of and I had heard stories of too. I asked them about, you know, like their understanding of shape-shifting, mm -hmm. you know, when, during my, my periods when I was um, doing more mentoring than anything. And one of them, Don Fernando, he was a lot more open with me. Mm -hmm. And I remember, you know, asking him and he started telling me a, a story about that there was a his wife didn't like it so much, though, because his wife was in the kitchen with us and she was cleaning. And um, he started saying a story how there was a, a, a witch who was very envious of the wife ah. and actually came in and tried to strangle, <gasps> you know, try to strangle the, the, you know, like, like, was it cat, like came in as a black cat oh. uh -huh. and like jumped on the bed and tried to strangle the wife. Yeah. Yeah. And um, actually, he actually got her out. Oh my god! And, yeah, and 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 I looked at it and he, and it was just I looked at him and he was he was like, and and the, the wife got really nervous and she like pushed us off the subject like like no like, <laughs> she didn't want to talk about things like like no like you know like you know like like asked me like are you gonna go get this I was like okay but um, those stories are still around mm -hmm. they're so their stories are still very much around in terms of the shape shifting and. The missionaries, they documented a lot of different stories. It wasn't just physical shape-shifting, but they also, just the one kind of physical shape-shifting where we turn into one body, but it was also the stories of bilocation. Yeah. Where we can be in two places at one time. You know, oh, yeah. we can be in our body, and we can also be running around as an animal. Mm -hmm. You know, there's uh, one where um, there was a, a gentleman who was walking, and you know, they were saying that, that that this man was killing was killing him. He was killing him. He's killing him. And then his friends were like, who's killing you? Who's killing uh -huh. you? What's going on? Mm -hmm. And then he just like dies right there in front of them. Oh, and he wow. tells them like, he tells them like, you know, it's over here at, at, at the ranch. They're killing me. So then they go over to the ranch and the owner's like, we killed a fox. <gasps> and the same way that the fox died was the same way this gentleman died. Wow. You know, and they, they also have a lot of stories because they wrote these things down. And the missionaries were, were not necessarily open to these kind of things. Mm 
Uh-huh. So, I mean, you know that there there was something that had to be, like, pretty blatant that got a lot of people's attentions to start documenting these things that were yeah. going on. Yeah. Um, and in terms of, like, you know, so the, the, it's it's – we know that there was a lot of different kinds of shape-shifting. And one of the things that uh, a lot of the – a lot of the, a lot of the, the well, a couple of scholars and a lot, a few from UNAM recently, um, the University of of, New, of 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 Mexico City, the they have um, documented and, and translate a lot of the the writings and a lot of what what looks like in terms of the shape shifting and understanding mm-hmm. the sacred energies oh. that we use for shape shifting. And there's there's mentions of it too because when they were interviewing the missionaries, when they were interviewing them. One of the things, for example, that was understood, like the tonali, mm-hmm. our soul energy, the, the energy that can leave, that we could, that it was easier for someone who had, that shared a soul energy with an animal that could shapeshift into that animal. Mm-hmm. And that could be like etheric shapeshifting, astral shapeshifting, and I'll talk about the different ones, but that's, it's easier for them and also for, for physical shapeshifting too, if they had a high enough amount of soul energy. And, um... You know, they, and another was the hyodal, our, our, our sense of will, you know, which was located in the, like the abdomen region, you know, where soul, solar plexus are our power, mm-hmm. our will, mm-hmm. to will something into being, to shape shift into any kind of anything, mm-hmm. you know, any kind of animal, whether you connected to them on a soul level or not. Mm. And then there was also the teyolia where a lot of performers, and I call them performers, but they were definitely shamans, um, curanderics. They would, um, in a lot of the, 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 the calendrical performances, they would, you know, in the, they would be in their full regalia and dancing and they would begin shape-shifting into different animals, into different deities as they were moving, as they were performing. And it was believed that they were radiating this energy from the Teyola, which is the sacred heart. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, so it's, it's, it's a combination of using all those animating energies to shape-shift and also it's, it's also important for us, like for manifestation purposes, to keep high energies, to do a lot of activities, to keep, because those are actual soul energies that we all have. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's something that we, that can help us to manifest, to bring something into being, to heal ourselves, um, all these things of tapping into and learning how to increase those soul animating energies, whether it's for shape-shifting, and then for shape-shifting, Animals, they have a very um, high immune system, most animals, especially out in the wild. Uh-huh. So that's another reason to, for a good reason to, why you would want to connect to an animal, you know, or also a feeling of being free. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. allowing, like, like free of any inhibitions to go and let yourself on a new, like a full moon, like go and, you know, whether it's etherically, you know, etherically being, you know, it's like a, like a band of energy around the body. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a band of energy. So the one that's closest to the body is the etheric body. Mm. And the etheric body, that includes the um, emotional, the mental, um, and of course the etheric being the first one, right? And when we allow ourselves to like see ourselves an imprint of that animal, and then we feel into how that animal feels, we start allowing ourselves to feel as that animal. We start thinking ourselves like if we're thinking of a bird you know what it is to fly and just that freedom of that and being in that and becoming that animal it's it's we become that animal we start connecting etherically yeah. and it's it's um it's 
it's really, really beautiful to allow ourselves to give ourselves that freedom, that sense of connection. Um, and it's, it's a beautiful way to just feel and experience life again. It really is when I why I realized that I do um, etheric shape shifting when I was reading your book was because anytime I journey, um, my animal is panther and or jaguar, and every single time I journey with. Uh, my spirit animal I feel so I feel like a cat like a sleek um very you know deliberate powerful cunning you know very sexual very you know just a badass cat um yes yes and and that energy is what is you know what I use to then you know sort of help get messages and guidance in other areas of my life where I can be more you know assertive or or you know deliberate that sort of thing and so wh when I read that I was really really excited by what I was reading because um I it, you know it was something that I could relate to like ah I've experienced this so mm. yes yes and um I mean, it's it's something that we can all do in just in our meditations yes. to tap into that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the more and more we work up, for example, like with um, we do tantric breath work, you know, we start learning how to work with our just our energies and moving the energies with our body. Then we can actually do that in the astral level, too. Mm. You know, where we can actually a lot of times we can go into these different non-ordinary realms and retrieve items from them, like physical items from them. Oh, what? And go what? a little bit, yeah, go a little bit deeper. And um, it's just the more and more we build up that energy, the more and more we can access the gifts in these spaces and there, allow ourselves to be, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, there are four. You have etheric, astral. Joining. Joining, joining. and then by location. Yes. Uh, yeah, and then yes. physical. Yes. In physical, yes. yeah. So, yeah, and then, um, and then there's the joining. The joining is something that I recommend. It's like when you go into an animal. It's something that I recommend that unless you're really connected to that animal, um, I, it's it, they would find it intrusive. They might kick you out. <laughs> okay. okay. I think you've mentioned before, too, um, that when we do find our animal that we connect to, to not necessarily tell everyone. Is that what is that true? So that's that's with the sense with the animal coescence. Okay. Because um, it's believed that that animal has a part of our soul energy. Uh -huh. And there's, there's actually a lot of imagery, too, that's shown in the Maya vases, where um, a lot of brujeria, like, you know, just, just it was just done, like, you know, taking people's soul energies. Oh, I see. Okay. Mm. Okay. So, so you, would, you, would, you would actually catch, capture that animal to um, get a piece of that, that, that person's soul energy, link them to that, and, like, manipulate him in that way. Mm. Mm. Okay. Okay. But that's that's a, a coessence, right? That's an animal coessence. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm not worried about our listeners trying to do that because I don't think they're <laughs> qualified. <laughs> you know, it's it's something that you know I I've never I've never I've never honestly like looked at a I've never functioned from this space of fear, like mm, oh my god yeah. I'm going to be scared of that. But at the same time, when my, my mentor told me that, I'm like, okay, no digo nada. I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> Just, in <case. laughs> Just in case. I don't need to trust that theory. Doesn't hurt. Doesn't <laughs> hurt. <Yeah. laughs> Just in case. 
Do you have a case of uh, of a client that has worked with their with their animal guide and it helped them with their healing journey? Like an example of that. Well, um, yeah. I mean, I got I got permission to talk about this one. Um, okay. And I'll, I'll share it. Um, I shared it in my my book. Is um, one of the ladies that I was working with, and I like this. I love this story. What, what really came to my heart was that. This, this lady was from a totally different culture. She was a be- beautiful lady, Armenian. She was Armenian. She's Armenian. Um, and, you know, she, I was telling, when she came in, um, she, she was very depressed. She had, um, she, she had, had a, a really bad ac- car accident. Okay. And she had a back injury. She wasn't able to work. And she already, before the accident, was necessarily, she was kind of living a rinse and repeat life. Mm. You know, going to work, coming home, going to work, coming home. Like it wasn't, it was just, she wasn't doing anything for herself, connecting for herself and nothing like that. So after the accident, it just got worse because uh-huh. now she was in pain. Now she wasn't able to go to work. Now it was just, it was worse. So um, one of my clients referred her to me um, and, and my client, my other client who was also, you know, she was also Armenian, she, she swore by me and. I think so that they gave her a little bit more trust. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that she was freaked out about was that she kept, she, t- she told me that she kept having dreams and visions of owls. Oh, okay. And our, in Armenian culture, and when you hear an owl, you see an owl, it's like there's impending death. Oh, yeah. So what happens when you Google stuff sometimes? Right. <laughs> <laughs> You should be very misled. <laughs> so yeah, so I was just like, oh no, you know, and and um and you know, I said I said, well, you know, there's another alternative too, that um you know, and I started telling her the stories of the owls that the owl was actually one of the messengers of the underworld, and that there's medicine in the underworld too, that there's that this is this is an opportunity for her to take time out to reflect on what has what have been her patterns. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I encouraged her to start doing um, just basically restorative yoga, like soft yoga to help her with her pain. I, t- I showed her how to do breath work. And one of the things, too, that I also had her do was I had her do an, uh, an altar with an owl. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, I, I helped her get through. Like, I just, you know, just like I told her more stories and I gave her some more stories about the owl. And then I, I told her about some of the stories from um, different mythologies. And, and she was open to it. Mm-hmm. She was open to it because I think she was referred to me because she was a little bit like she was scared. Yeah. yeah. Um, so she she made the the altar and you know she she even took a picture of it too. She got a picture. Um, she put a, a just all this like everything that she can find on owls. She made this beautiful altar, and connecting to something that was beyond work, to something that was beyond the rinse and repeat of life, mm-hmm. but restoring her faith in something other than work then just like that the, the mundane the mundane you know um that like the next time i saw her like i saw a spark in her eye i love that and i saw her excited and i started her telling me like she was actually excited about her dreams and some of the things that she was seeing and she started saying like you know well i'm managing my pain it was it was it was just a very different person yeah. i mean not there was still shifts from there but it was a different person mm-hmm. yeah and um and then you know she also had uh, she was also she also had a lawsuit too against uh-huh. you know what was happening because the insurance company got involved and they weren't mm-hmm. paying her out and 
all this stuff. So, you know, helped her with that. And I, I, I guided her to do like a velacion. It's just a candle work on top of her altar and to write a petition to connect with her owl spirit and to keep working on that. Because I also mentioned that owls were also connected with justice, mm. and ensuring justice too. Um, and that's something that it's also in Greek and Roman mythologies too with the owl and Pallas Athena and Minerva and you know there's there's all these beautiful understandings and it's also connected to Mesoamerica as well too that you know the owls help you to see things that you need to see so you can actually persevere and move through things so um, you know she she contacted me one time and she was freaking out because um, she told me that um, she had just got notified of a deposition mm-hmm. And they were, you know, the, the 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 insurance company had gotten a, an attorney and this and that. And she was doing well. Mm-hmm. She was doing well. And then she freaked out about that a little bit. And then she had told me, because she came for a session, she told me that one night, at night, she actually saw an, saw an owl fly over her. Like, and okay. this is after she got the notice of the deposition. Okay. And she told me, she said, you know, Erica, I felt like everything was going to be okay. <laughs> when I saw the owl, I know that there was like a message that yeah. if everything was going to be okay. And when she was driving to the deposition, and this is something, you know, the, omen, unusual, um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, she, she was driving to the deposition, and this is in downtown L. She was driving um, from the 110 to the 10. She said that she saw a beautiful white owl. And she wow. swears to me it was an owl. She's like, no, it wasn't an owl. It was an owl. It was an owl. It was an owl. I know I saw wow. an owl. She said she saw a white, like a white owl, like fly over her. And she was driving to the deposition, and the case settled that day. Wow. You know, it settled in her. You know, it was like she she was happy with it. It was like it was done. It was closed, and um, she actually and she'd like. During that process, she lost 15 pounds. She was like happy. She was doing yoga. She was like actually had connecting to like faith like spirituality yeah. like connecting with like and now she was like more interested in like learning more about animals and yes just a different person a different yeah. person yeah that's beautiful that's a beautiful story i love that yeah it's it, that's amazing how when you just connect and it's you're connecting with things outside of yourself and and you're doing something good for yourself and how that changes everything around you that's beautiful so what if somebody doesn't know what their spirit animal is? How do they connect with it? Or is it something that you you work with different animals at different times, depending on the challenges that you're experiencing, the, the medicines that you're asking for, or the different worlds that you travel to? So, I mean, the thing is, 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 is animals can court us. Oh. You know, animals can court us. And it's up to us to, to say, yes, I accept your courting, you know. Ah, and we yeah. can court animals, too. Um, one really good way is if there's an animal we do want to work with, that we put a picture of them or we put something of them that represents them on our altar. Okay. Um, that That's something that, you know, when I I remember um, there was there was one time where I was at, at work. This was back in when I was still working as an attorney a long time ago. There was uh, a gentleman, um, one of the junior partners, found out something that wasn't good that happened to me. And uh, there was this this weird animosity. I don't know what it was, but there was a weird animosity. Mm-hmm. And he was actually laughing hysterically. Um, he was laughing hysterically. And right when I we all heard like a big thump, like boom, like the, the, <laughs> like the whole building shook. 
Uh-huh. And we're like, what the heck was that? You know? Uh-huh. And apparently, um, and, and I had been noticing that there was a there was a crow that was courting me, but apparently a crow did a kamikaze right into his window, his office Ooh. window. Uh-uh. <laughs> crows don't mess with crows. So man. I'm like, I accept your courting. <laughs> I accept. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> then, thank you. <laughs> I love that. So I mean, it it just there's one, but a big thing is definitely to to like open up to them courting us and us courting them. Mm. You know, because if there's an like whatever it is, you know, it's it's. It's it's really that simple. It's really really that simple, you know, to 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 put an image of them, light some copal, connect with them, and you might, we might see them in a dream. We might see them in the physical if they're some, you know, an animal that 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 is around. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they're typically animals that people connect with or feel connected to or have some affinity toward or something like that. Okay. You'll find too, sorry, that it's interesting how there's other like mythological animals that'll sometimes pop up. Like my son keeps talking about axolotls. Mm. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, he keeps talking about them and it's in a video game. And I'm like, really? This is like in a mainstream video game now? I'm like, that's cool. And then I had to tell him like, this is where it comes from and give him the history. Like, this is our culture, just so you know, like this is, you know, so I, but I think it's cool. There's, there's a lot of that in the, in there too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, feathered serpents. That was also something that was really, really big. Um, there, I mean, it's, it's zoomorphic, zoomorphic in the understanding of that. And even like the, like the. The, like the deers that were connected to like the upper world that were like connected to stars and um, a lot of different mythologies and powers that were connected to the animals in that way. Um, and the, also there's also like omens too. Um, like last night I had this freaky, freaky dream. I woke up and I told I told my husband Miguel, I was like, I was so bothered by it because I, I, I love um, gummy bears. Like, uh-huh. Or like, they were like jellies. Like they were like these, these strawberry jellies. And I was having this dream that I was visiting these people who, they lived in a mansion, and their mansion was infested by rats. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it was really nice, but it was infested with rats. Mm. So, um, so I remember it was, um, it was one of those things that I, I put my stuff down, and I had these really, these really delicious... I was really excited about eating them. I just remember, like, when it comes to food, if somebody tries to eat my food, I'm not a happy camper. <laughs> right. Same. <laughs> Same. Can relate. Can relate. I don't like you. You don't eat my food. Yeah. <laughs> and um, <laughs> so I, I put my stuff down, and I remember it was like I was seeing all these rats scurrying around. And I said, oh, my gummy bears. You know, they're going to eat my gummy bears, my jellies. You know, so I went over there, and there is this, this fat, fat fat rat that's in there and looks at me and like almost like goes na 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 like <gasps> like does this little thing and like you. runs away with my gummy bear. He taunts bears. you. He's taunting you. Get your ass back here ratatouille. <laughs> 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 taunting. So it's basically like it was like a message that I got like very clear. It's like be be more just like just be, be aware of where you're putting your stuff down. Like what's mm. going on. Be aware of that. You know and it's it's I don't really necessarily, I'm like, okay, that was a cool message. Um, I really, you know, I, I, I honor the rat. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if it's, that's, I would say that's necessarily my spirit guide. Uh, <laughs> sure. Yeah. 
Sure. <laughs> so I was not yeah. happy with them eating my, my gummy bears. <laughs> yeah. I know in Chinese culture, they have like, the, you know, the years and there's a year of the rat and all oh, that. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm a tiger and I'm like, I'm so glad that I'm not one of the other ones. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm like, imagine if I was like the year of the pig or like mm. the year or the boar. And I'm like, I think I would be mad. I'm like, <laughs> well, I am the year of the cock. So there's that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> there is that. <laughs> okay. Uh, one one more question that I had for you was about maybe people who um aren't from who don't have Mesoamerican ancestry or aren't directly related to the culture. How can they use these practices or techniques should they that's a really good question mm-hmm. so um i really feel that these are these are beautiful earth-based practices that that i you know i and i mentioned this too is is for us not to be dogmatic about it yeah mm-hmm. um and, and i'll give i'll give an example that's that i feel is really relatable to this because i feel every these practices should be open to everyone uh-huh. Um, and it's nice also when people give props. Yes. That's ideal. So yes. there's, there's, a, there's, you know, the, the issues with like appropriation, appropriation is actually very common, very, very <laughs> common. Even in Mesoamerica, it was so common, mm-hmm. you know, um, and I'll give one example too. Um, you know, a lot of people identify themselves as, uh, as, as Toltec or having like to- Toltec um, philosophy or understandings. But the thing is with the Toltec, um, they were around in the 10th and 11th century. And unless their their ancestors did, um, you know, they were in a time machine, <laughs> mm-hmm. there's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's, it, there's an appropriation. Yeah. Uh-huh. Basically an understanding that, um, for example, the uh, Central Mexico, the Mexica, they came from the Southwest. They came into uh, the valley of Central Mexico. Mm-hmm. They were connected. They were not related to the Toltec. They were not related to Teotihuacan, mm-hmm. but they took over one of the cities that was known, that was the the capital of the Toltec, Tula. Okay. And they actually started incorporating a lot of their traditions, a lot of their deities, a lot of the practices they started. And that was, I mean, but the thing is they gave it props. Okay. And they okay. honored them mm-hmm. and they give thanks to them. And that was straight out appropriation, but it was in a way that was respectful. It was okay. a way that was loving. So, so for example, if someone says that they're uh, Toltec now, it's it's yes, it's Toltec, but it's Toltec through the Mexica or maybe one of the tripartite states. It's 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 there's nothing wrong with the appropriation of things. I think it, it becomes problematic if maybe people just ignore like that it, where it comes from or exploit right. um, or exploit it, you know. Yeah, that sort of thing. Then it's problematic. Yeah, that that thing that that's when it becomes problematic. That's when it's like, okay, now you're going into misappropriation. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, but definitely these things definitely have them open to everyone. Um, these are our earth-based practices. Yeah, you know that that we all can come together and share and learn about and grow from. Yeah, I I agree, and I love that explanation. Um, you know, when we put all these restrictions on, you know, 
practices or even, you know, hair and clothing, it gets a little bit too controlly for me. But also, you know, you're we don't get the benefit of sharing such beautiful practices and cultures and, and well, you know, and it's, it's also not just that, but it's also not. Allow- I'm sorry. No, no. Um, it's also now allowing us to uh, dismantle the colonizers tools. Yeah. Yeah. Because yes. that is straightforward. Like that is these are the colonizers' tools of telling someone what they can or cannot practice and what is accessible and what is not accessible. Mm-hmm. You yes. know, and us taking that dogmatic approach is not allowing us to do those dismantle those mm-hmm. tools. Yeah, yeah. And we need to be critical of that. Yep, we That's need a to great break point. that down yeah, as, as a process of decolonization and decolonizing these beautiful practices. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, uh, uh, wonderful. Thank you. <laughs> okay, well, I think that's that's all the questions we had for you. Um, is there any anything else you wanted to end with? Any message or anything you had on your in your heart? Yeah, um, there's actually one more that I do have. If those are who are going to be, um, especially those who are in the LA area, um, and if you're not, on the first of August, I'm going to have a free event. Um, that people can access online as well. The link is on my website, realizeyourbliss.com. And um, it's going to be, I'm going to be going through and taking people through a journey, um, through a trans journey with uh, breath work, with um, sound, uh, basically a sound bath, and, um, you know, taking people to a journey into the non ordinary realms. And also, you know, going over animal medicine, but actually so they can experience it too. Um, it's going to be, uh, it's all the information on realizeyourbliss.com. We'll link it all in the show notes for sure. Yeah. 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 So that's something that I, that's awesome. Cause I'm like, um, I, I just wanted to make it like accessible, like everyone, everyone, everyone. And you never, you know, it's going to be there recorded so you can watch it anytime or, um, wonderful. so people have those tools. Wonderful. Accessible. Yeah. That's wonderful. That yeah. Is. Oh, I did want to mention, I know your book is available, like, um, on Amazon and everything, but I know it's it's specifically available through um, Inner Traditions, Amazon, and Barnes and Noble. I like to encourage people to buy from Inner Traditions whenever they can. So you're supporting a small bookseller. If you have to order on Amazon, you know, do what you got to do. But the book is available on all those. I encourage people support the small booksellers. That's it, it, that's important. <laughs> support small business. That's very important. Yeah. Yeah, actually, when I signed up with them, too, because actually that's where I bought your first book from. When you sign up with them, they send you coupons and it ends up being much more affordable than Amazon. So just just a tip. <laughs> I love that. OK. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Erica, for joining us today. Thank you for having thank me. You. That was so much fun. <laughs> yeah, it yes. was. It yeah. was. Thank you again. It was okay. wonderful right. to talk with you. It's, it's wonderful to meet you. Likewise, thank you. Fiora, during our talk with Erica, there were several words that came up that um, our listeners uh, might not understand what they mean. Um, mm-hmm. By our listeners, I mean me. Um, <laughs> so can I can I run these past you and can you tell everybody yes. what they... Okay. So yes. the first word that came up is limpia yes so limpia literally means cleaning 
like too clean. So it's a cleansing. So there's a few ways to do it. So one of the common ways to do it, you can do a limpia, like, um, like a smudge kind of thing mm-hmm. with herbs in the smudge. You can do like a feather fan and like sweep, a sweeping, which we also call that a barrida, which literally means sweeping. Um, another way to do Olympia is with an egg. Um, I've heard of that one. Thing. I think you yes. told me about that one. Yes. So that's what that's what Olympia means. Okay. Very cool. Thank you. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. The next word was sobradera. Sobadera. Yeah. Okay. So a sobadera or sobadero, that's just the male or female or sobanderics. But um, sobaderismo is the actual practice. So what that is, is just um, healing, like massage. It's like massage therapy, acupressure. Um, it's literally like putting the hands on somebody and massaging them to heal. Oh, that's cool. I love that. That's mm-hmm. And that's a beautiful um, word, too. All right. Um, I've heard of this word, brujeria. Yes, brujería. So brujería is just witchcraft in Spanish. Okay. All right. Yeah, I know what that is. <laughs> All right. And then the last word that I was unsure of, um, Eric mentioned um, the Toltec. Um, can you tell us a little mm-hmm. bit more about what that is? Yeah. The, so the Toltec were just, they were a mess of American culture. Uh, they existed, like she said, it was long long time ago so the chronology uh, the chronology chronology starts in the 1900s i'm sorry in the 900s oh so ancient culture so it's super super ancient yes yeah. wow all right hey cool i love that i know that our listeners love learning new things um and um as a as a four in my chart you have a four in your chart as well that makes mm-hmm. us both the teacher and the student so um, um thanks for uh teaching yeah no problem at all thank you so much for joining us today don't forget to share and review our podcast sharing episode links with your friends families on the social networks is key to the success of esoterics and it helps us to get the word out and grow our audience and hey Leaving a review on Apple could snag you a $50 voucher for one of our metaphysical events. And we have some pretty cool things in the works. We really do. Uh, Stay mystical, stay magical, and be ready to do again next week when we will be talking about secret societies. Now, you can find us on all the socials under Esoterics Podcast. And be sure to join our Facebook group. The Woke Akashic to hear firsthand about our classes and events, as well as get intuitive development tips, free meditations, and so much more. Thanks so much, guys. Have a great week. Thank you. All right, bye.